Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news and analysis. Uh, And before I bring in uh, our great co-host, Sam Gordon, I just want to let you know that Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casinos STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. Uh, Sam Gordon, welcome to the show. How are you doing, my friend? What's up, Vinny? Doing well. Doing well. How are you? Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. Uh, I'm good. I'm looking forward to uh, the rest of this week. The Raiders conclude their offseason Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday with their mandatory minicamp. This is always a... um, it's kind of the finish line, but also just sort of a pause button uh, because uh, before we know it, we'll be uh, at training camp. <laughs> you know, next month, uh, Sam Gordon, is when training camp starts. Uh, so we only have really a few weeks break after uh, they, they wrap up uh, mini camp this week. So uh, can we can you believe that we're, we're, we're actually here at this point? Uh, no, I, I can't, Vinny. It seems like just yesterday uh, we were meeting Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler for the first time over there in Henderson. And lo and behold, the offseason – um, is is almost over. Uh, it's been it's been nice. I think Vinny, the last couple of weeks, you know, I know we'll have a few more days to be out at the facility this week, but it was nice getting out there just the last couple couple of weeks, just getting you know just a general feel, uh, very very introductory at this point, of course, in the off season and whatnot, but just getting a feel for how Josh McDaniels and his coaching staff is doing business and how the players are responding to that, right? So um, really looking forward to, to getting out there this week. Um, with, I think, you know, mandatory mini camp three days in a row, revved up a little bit. Um, and the mandatory element, I think, of course, you know, although attendance has been really good um, to begin with, but it, it makes it a little bit more interesting as well. And then it's kind of the final table setter um, training camp. We're right around the corner. It's that time of the it's that time of the, the sports calendar, right, where things are got the NBA finals going up going on, and it's just baseball for a little bit. Things are quieting down, and, and we're getting ready to wrap back up. So, super excited for that. I'm excited to get back out to the facility this week too. Yeah, and I know a lot of people uh, always ask the question, well, what is a mini camp? What's the difference between a mini camp and just a regular OTA practice? Uh, well, a mini camp literally replicates as much as you possibly can an actual day of training camp, uh, you know, short of actually having, uh, you know, um, pads on and, and hitting and, and, and that type of thing, even though that's been really condensed in training camp. But it's the it's the same principle in terms of the meetings, you know, the walkthroughs, uh, the, the actual practice, more meetings. So it kind of replicates what a training camp day is going to look like. That's why they call it a mini camp. Uh, there's three of them. It's mandatory. I would expect, um, you know, pretty much 100 uh, percent participation unless, you know, uh, there's somebody that's maybe looking to renegotiate a contract and not happy with the, the state of, um, of, 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 of the negotiations. And maybe there's somebody that uh, decides not to show up. We've seen that um, around the NFL already. Uh, a couple of different spots. Um, and in San Francisco's case, they just told Jimmy Garoppolo, you know what? Don't even bother showing up. Uh, looks <laughs> like you know he's probably on his on his way out here fairly soon in a trade. So, uh, but for the Raiders, Sam, I would expect everybody to be there tomorrow and and throughout the week. Yeah, no doubt, and he's been I think really good attendance um, at the voluntary portion of OTAs, and uh, you know just again I think this this time of the year, especially when you have a new coaching staff, and the Raiders aren't unique in, in that regard. There are teams around the NFL that go through this process as well with new coaching staffs, but. 
just at this point in the offseason, when you have a new coaching staff, to just introduce your concepts, build a foundation out so not everything is brand new uh, when you're starting training camp. I, I think it's huge. And then plus you consider the roster turnover that naturally happens year to year with the NFL. That's that's just the reality. Of course, the Raiders are going to have a lot of new players and personnel. Um, so it's really about just kind of the foundational aspects of what you want to do. So uh, tennis has been great. I- I'm with you. I think it's going to be great throughout the course uh, of this week as well. And then we're going to have a real feel, I guess, our last uh, we're going to get our last feel for how um, how things are going to go going into, into training camp, a crucial, crucial training camp for Josh McDaniels uh, and his first one here in Vegas. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Sam, I'm not sure if you uh, were able uh, or got a chance uh, to read Albert Breer's uh, recent Sports Illustrated article on uh, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and everything that's going on uh, out here uh, with the new regime. Um uh, do you happen to get a chance to take a look at that? I have not taken a look at it yet, Vinny. That's now required reading for for after this. Albert Beer, one of the best in the business. What did, what did you learn? Talk to me. Right, uh, and he absolutely. Uh, sorry to put you on the spot there, but it just I you know I I, I was able to read it, and uh, it was a really a fascinating piece and a very thorough piece. Um, you know, and Albert goes back with Josh McDaniels and Dave um, a ways back because you know, he's based in Boston, so. Um, that's where the Patriots were, and that's where Dave Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniels spent most of their career. So he has, uh, you could tell, um, a, definitely a connection with those two. And anyway, so so uh, Breer came out here and spent some time uh, with both of them and staff members and, and players uh, and just kind of taking a deep dive into, into what's going on here and really taking a few steps back and charting both careers of Dave Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniels. And you know, one of the big parts of that story, uh, um, Sam, was going back and retracing what had happened in Denver uh, with Josh McDaniels and uh, the very, you know, quick and uh, sudden demise of his first head coach job uh, and how it kind of just fell all apart. And Sam, it was interesting taking a look at a national perspective of that because I really feel like from day one with Josh McDaniels out here, he's been uh, utterly upfront with the mistakes that he made, owning those mistakes, uh, the, the what he's done over the years and the 12 preceding years to, to kind of grow from those mistakes and really uh, make sure that uh, what happened in Denver is not going to happen here. We don't know how this is going to work out. There's all kinds of different variables, uh, Sam, on whether or not, you know, uh, Josh McDaniels and the Raiders will work, time will tell. But whatever does happen here, I don't think that it's going to be because he repeated some of the mistakes that he made, and specifically um, the, the the lack of appreciation. Maybe I should I, I should use it that, that way for the human element, for developing human relationships uh, with his players, with his staff, with everyone else in the building, uh, and then letting everything else follow uh, from from that point, the flow from that point. But the the people aspect of it, he overlooked, and it, and it really cost him. And I don't think he's going to let that happen in this time around. Yeah, that's that's definitely the sense I've been getting, Vinny. And like you said, just in various press conferences, interviews, and whatnot, he has talked about um, kind of the Denver the Denver chapter. And, and and when you look back, right, it's been what over a decade now since he had that experience. You would naturally, there's going to be some growth. There's going to be some reflecting. There's just going to be more experience. He's a more experienced coach. He's a more experienced man at this point, and just in terms of life experience, been in more football situations, been deeper in the trenches with, with Bill Belichick, and you know, and other stops. Um, of course, that he had as well, different perspectives. So um, I think that's huge. I, I think that's huge. It's it's there's a reason I think that 
Uh, you know, he wanted to wait, wait this out and make sure it was the right fit before he stepped back into coaching. Of course, he's had opportunities the last few years, some of which have been really well reported. We understand that, but um, timing is everything. And, and, and for now, just and this is, again, just based on what we've seen so far, that's all we have to go by. We'll see how everything goes by in the fall. It does seem like there's more self-awareness, right? I think that would be the term I would use on his part of what kind of head coach that, that he wants to be. When you're, when you're the head coach, your responsibilities are just a little – they're different, right? You, you run – you set the tone for the entire program. As where, when, when you're, if you're the OC or a position coach, uh, you know, certain elements are, aren't quite as important. You don't have to necessarily be the same leader or have the same kind of leadership style. Well, it just feels like he's more aware of what leadership looks like now, right? And 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 now um, at this stage of his career, in a better position to execute leadership at the highest at the highest order, and that's what I think is going to be required, of course, um, to get the Raiders, you know, c- to continue to sing on the right direction. I think that's also especially um, important, Vinny, because the last head coach, interim coach Rich Basaccia, the leadership component, the, the human element of that, of that, that's where he really thrives. So there are players who have that perspective now, and if Josh McDaniels has a better handle on that. Um, definitely going to set him up for a better chance of success with, with Las Vegas than it did at Denver. Yeah, without question. And to, to kind of reaffirm that point in the story, um, you know, uh, when he when he took over as the head coach uh, of the Raiders, Josh McDaniels, um, he had a call list. Uh, it was almost, I want to say, um, before it was officially announced or very soon after it was officially announced of who he wanted to call. And first and foremost was Derek Hart. Uh, and then it flowed from there. You know, Max Crosby was on that uh, was on that list. A bunch of players were on that on that list. Uh, and he made it a point from day one to reach out, you know, man to man uh, to to really get to know people and start or at least start that you know phase of uh, of, of of the journey. Um, and Derek Carr was extremely extremely um, you know not honored, but you know it was telling for him that the coach would take the time to immediately call him within minutes of, of, of accepting the job um, to build that, to help build that bridge between, you know, two very important people uh, in this operation. And to next to that, uh, Derek Carson, well, it's not just in words either. He had showed up during an off season uh, workout uh, a month or so ago or a couple of weeks ago, whatever it was. And he was obviously not feeling good, uh, but you know, Derek being Derek, uh, he was trying to keep it on the down low and, and work, get through his work day and immediately Josh McDaniels could tell that, you know, he was under the weather and he said, Hey man, you know, you don't have to be here. Go home, be with your family, take care of yourself, get better. Uh, we're good. You know, I appreciate, uh, you know, the, the commitment, uh, but you know, it's more important that you get better, you know, and, and the same thing happened with one of his assistant coaches who um, I want to say either his son or daughter was in a big game or a graduate, something was going on with one of the kids out of town. And, um, you know, he felt like, oh, man, I don't know if I should be asking. It's like rookie mini camp. I need to be here. But as soon as he brought it up, Josh McDaniels was like, you got to go. You know, <laughs> this is a life thing that you have to be at. And Josh McDaniels talked about, like, I, I need to let everyone know it's okay to come in here and talk to me about that type of thing. 99% of the time, it's going to work out perfectly fine. And I'll understand. But just the fact that he wants people to know don't be afraid to come talk to me and ask me about something like that because it'll all work out. And I just, I, I feel like in words and, and as we're seeing now in action, uh, I do think that Josh McDaniels uh, has, has really learned and grown over the years since his last experience in Denver or that first experience in Denver. And that, that those kind of things, Vinny, those kind of being able to have the, those kind of conversations creates trust. Right. And I think you take the NFL, take any business, take what well, we do everything like just relationships, 
workplace situations like trust is such an important thing. When you talk about football, you're talking about the ultimate team game, you know, where everybody has to be on the same page at all times, both players and coaches, all three phases of the ball in order to maximize your return. Uh, trust is huge. It's huge. So, again, that's, a, I thought, you know, excellent anecdote on how he's going about building that kind of trust and that those human relationships uh, with players. Because if you trust somebody, then then you, you kind of understand where you stand and what goes and what doesn't go, and it, it just changes the whole dynamic. So um, that, that's huge. I, I do think that's huge. Again, we have to see how it shakes out, of course, this fall. But it's it, it at least to me is signaling at this point in, in his coaching tenure with Las Vegas the right approach in terms of building, building this team, building this program the way that can be, A, sustainable and B, successful. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Yeah, and um, Dave Ziegler was also a, a big part of this story. Uh, they're, they're no doubt joined at the hip. I mean, these are two guys that have known each other since they were teenagers. By the way, um, I don't know if you realize this, uh, but Ziegler was kind of a madman in football. Um, he was a he was a special teams ace. In fact, he's in the John Carroll University Hall of Fame. This dude, this dude averaged, I want to say, over 20 yards on punt returns. And he, he would never call um you know uh, he'd never fair catch it it was always i'm getting it and i'm taking it someplace and so he was like like i didn't realize the level of football player he was but he was a pretty darn good football player at that level of course um but i think that them knowing each other uh josh mcdaniels and dave ziegler um the, having that chemistry having that working relationship that personal relationship has allowed everybody to just kind of hit the ground running here in Las Vegas. And there's no transition period of Josh McDaniels having to explain uh, to Dave Ziegler how he grades players, um, what he's looking for in a player for a particular scheme or, or, or what they've already done that. They've already, that's already been established for years and decades, really. Um, and, and that personal relationship, obviously, uh, it, as well. And I think that Josh McDaniels is another difference from, from Denver having somebody that he knows, having somebody that he's worked with before, having somebody that speaks the same language as he does, uh, is just, it allows him to have a trust factor on that side of the building and allows him to basically do what he does best, and that's coach a football team. We know what Josh McDaniels can do in terms of you know coordinating an offense, calling an offense, um, and and producing productive offenses. That's what he does, and if he can. As you know, in contrast to what was going on in Denver, where he felt like he had to do everything, um, if he can just focus on running a football team, and then you know, obviously being part of the other part of it, but not the the the, the head man, I think it's got to help, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that was Vinny. I think that was one of the kind of the one of the issues that the, the, the last regime had, and you know, there was there is a solid foundation in place right now that Josh McDaniels was able to take over, but with John Gruden. You know, running the the football team and you know ultimately having final say on the personnel department. That that's it, it works for some guys and it doesn't work for others, and that's okay. Like there's nothing good or like there's not good or a bad thing. It's just a reality that hey, maybe breaking these two things up. There's of course still some collaboration. There's cohesion there. Everybody's on the same page. There's an understanding, but the onus doesn't fall on Josh McDaniels to have to make all these crucial decisions on top of all the crucial day to day decisions he has to make coaching the football team. So uh, I think the division in this sense based on the last few years of how things went for the Raiders, it makes a ton of sense that you want to kind of divide that up and divvy that up. And again, it seems like there's a lot of understanding with them being on the same page 
in terms of how they're going to work. And, and Vinny, I, th- I thought that was really, you know, I mean, the, the you know, going back to that introductory press conference, like they, they did a good job, I think, of making that clear, you know, even back then of, of how everything was going to work and how the dynamic between them worked. It was, I thought, fairly obvious that these were two guys that had familiarity with one another, where there was some chemistry there. Um, and I think we're going to, you know, see that play out. I think we've already seen it play out to a degree with with how the offseason went, with how the roster has been built out. And we're going to get, a, a, of course, a much better feel for, uh, for that as well. Um, going into training camp, of course, and then throughout the course of the regular season as we uh, as these guys get more experience in their new roles. Without a question. Uh, all right, so uh, on the eve of minicamp, um, the Raiders are still have still, for the most part, stood pat on the offensive line. Uh, as we've been out there on the days that we've been allowed in to, to watch practice, Alice Leatherwood is getting the majority of snaps uh, at right tackle. Denzel Good is still uh, on the shelf. So uh, the right guard, for the most part, uh, in this, at least in the starting uh, group, has been Lester Cotton. A little bit of a surprise. Um, uh, in, in my mind, that doesn't mean he's beaten out uh, Jermaine Illuminar or that if the season were to start today, Lester Cotton would be the starter at right guard uh, in case Denzel Good can't go. But it shows you that, you know, uh, Lester Cotton is, is taking some steps uh, in terms of the hierarchy of, of all things. But getting back to right tackle, getting back to Alex Leatherwood, um, got a question last week in the in the mailbag that we do for Vegas Nation, and it was, why are the Raiders putting so much faith uh, in, in in Alex Leatherwood? And my answer was, really, the only faith that they're putting into him is giving him an opportunity to, to win a job. Um, and there's no certainty that he will. Um, I, I think that, I don't think that Dave Ziegler and, and, and Josh McDaniels have shown any propensity whatsoever to just give away jobs just for the heck of it. I think everything's going to be earned and I guess in the, the, the long and short of it, uh, uh, Sam, is that the longer this goes on, the longer Alex Leatherwood continues to take the, most of the reps at, at starting tackle, the longer it goes before the Raiders maybe bring in some reinforcements at, at that position if they do. The longer that happens, the more he's probably showing them what they feel they need to see. And I got to suspect that this staff – has a pretty good handle on on what it is that they need to see from from certain players in certain positions. And if that is the case and it remains the case, I wouldn't look at it on the Raiders are taking a quote-unquote chance. I would look at it more as a net positive if I'm a Raider fan that Alex Leatherwood has shown them so far that he's ready to to maybe take that job. Well, Vinny, let's – he's 23. It's his second year in the league, right? Like, yeah, he struggled. He didn't play well – as a rookie, let's newsflash. He's not the first rookie that didn't play well. And just because he didn't play well last year doesn't mean there is, isn't a pathway for him to improve and eventually become the player that was selected number 17 overall, the former All-American at Alabama that's supposed to anchor the right side off at the opposite uh, of the offensive line opposite Colt Miller. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, right? We don't know that. But to your point, the fact that he's continuing to get reps and continuing to perform well enough in that spot to, to continue receiving those reps um, says, it, 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 look, it's either he's developing or they're waiting until there's options that they would rather consider available on the offensive line. Right now, if that's not the case, then that's not the case. That's that's okay. It's, it's June, right? These are OTAs. Like, it's June. Let's see how this thing plays out. He was a first-round pick for a reason. Yes, he struggled. Yes, he didn't play well. But it's not, it's not like there's just no chance – um, for him to get better, we have to see. We have to. We have to find out. Um, and, and so far, and of course, we understand it. It's it's June. Like, yeah, the, the, uh, a majority of what's said publicly about Alex Leatherwood 
is going to be positive. But like maybe there's some credence to that. Maybe he is getting better. Maybe he is showing the coaching staff the things they need for them to believe that he's eventually going to become that that franchise right tackle. I think it's just too, I think it's too soon to say, and that a guy getting reps at right tackle doesn't mean there's a necessarily an undying faith that 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 is that goes with that. I think it means it's football practice. And the guy you drafted in the first round is going to get an opportunity to win the job that you drafted him to uh, to, to have. Is that – I mean, is am I off base there? I think that's that's what's happening. No, I, I agree with you. And, um, you know, when we talked to Josh McDaniels a couple of weeks ago about Cam – yeah, not Cam – about um, uh, Colin Kaepernick, you know, one of the things that he mentioned about that workout is like, you know, Dave Ziegler is working out tons of guys. There's guys coming in and out of this building for, for tryouts. Um, and there's, so, you know, that the Raiders know what's out there. Okay. Uh, they've had plenty of players come through, um, on a, uh, on a tryout basis to kind of get a lay of the land of what might be out there at certain positions that they're looking to bolster. I'm sure Champ Kelly and his staff are well aware on the pro personnel side of things, uh, who's, you know, might be on a roster that, you know, maybe a team is has a surplus of and, and you know, uh, could be a trade candidate. Uh, I know they know what's still out there on the free agency market, and I suspect some of those guys have been through this building uh, working out. So um, they, they, they know what's out there. I think right now they want to see if, based on what they're seeing every day, day in and day out from Alex Leatherwood, if he beats that. You know what I'm saying? And Brandon Parker, too. Because uh, Brandon Parker is definitely still in the in the picture, and right now, uh, I would think that he pencils in as as a swing tackle. Uh, is there somebody out there that might be offer a better, um, you know, alternative to even that position? Uh, if so, I think they would know that, you know. And so I think that they're going to let this play out a little bit and give Alex Leatherwood an honest, earnest chance uh, to win that job. And again, I go back to this: the longer he stays there. Uh, the, the better the news is, I think, for for, for the Raiders and, and Raider fans, because it's obvious that he's showing them something. And then I go back to this. They're not going to just give away a job. No. And I also think um, it's only been a few months, but the the Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are building like their program. Right. Right. Like they decline fifth year options on a number of the, the, the draft picks from the previous regime. They are going to. I mean, it's their job. And I, they I traded Brian Edwards. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they traded Brian. There's another example. They traded Brian Edwards. Like, they're going to put the best players on the field, and they're certainly going to try to. Like, that's the goal of every NFL team. Like, nobody is going into a situation wanting something to not work out. So, if they think right now at this juncture of the season that Alex Leatherwood is best primed to be the starter at right tackle, then that's okay. We'll, we'll see how things look in August. And, and I, there's, you know, still moving parts, right? I think there. You, who knows who's going to be available for trade or, or on the free agent, you know, who's going to be a free agent because cuts and all those kind of things happen in training camp. But we know that, but where things stand, the first round pick that you drafted last year to be the right tackle is practicing at right tackle. And I don't, I don't think there's a problem with that at all. I think it's an encouraging thing um, that they're committed at least right now, that there's enough there to continue to work with and develop. Yeah, I agree. And the last thing before we get out of here, um, you know, when you go back and study the Patriots and, and I know, you know, sometimes that that rankles uh, the fans. Oh, this is the Raiders, not the Patriots. I get that, and I understand it, appreciate it. Uh, but there, you you have to go back to um, where this staff came from and take a look at how things were done there, uh, and and try to apply it a little bit, at least to some extent, uh, here with the Raiders. It's not going to be exactly the same, and I think um, everybody understands that. 
But there are some foundational, fundamental aspects uh, of that operation that are going to carry over here. It just stands to reason. And I think that we talked about this on the radio show, uh, um, Sam. You know, when you look at the Patriots last year with a hmm, running back room, it was an okay running back room, and an offensive line that had, um, you know, that had some some talent, no question, but I don't think any of those guys are like household names. You wouldn't be uh, talking about any of those offensive linemen as, you know, first team all NFL or, or that sort of thing. Uh, and yet they were able to, A, get to the playoffs, B, produce um, the eighth uh, most potent run game in the NFL, uh, average a healthy 4.4 yards per carry. Um, so I, I, I'm saying that to say with with Josh McDaniels' scheme, what they look at from their from their offensive line, how they're able to coach things up and also maybe coach around issues or maybe some weaknesses. Everybody has uh, a hole in their swing that you have to be aware of and, and support somehow, some way, figure out a way to, to, to make sure that that weakness isn't a killer. I just think that they understand how to coach up and scheme up uh, an offensive line in a run game without the need for just the best of the best. Thousand percent. It's it's more so about the kind of the cohesion and the unit and the structure and the system uh, when it comes to the running game, I think, than necessarily personnel. And, of course, who doesn't want five all pros, you know, on the offensive line and, you know, Barry Sanders. And like, if that's a dream scenario for everybody, it's also not realistic. So how can you, you know, situationally – Right. Game to game, week in and week out, adjust and augment, you know, augment what you're able to do up front. I think there's going to be a way. I, I mean, let's be clear. Um, the Raiders weren't good in that area last year. They, they couldn't run the ball. There was big situations, big games where they couldn't run the ball. Now, there were some where they did. And I thought at the end of the year when they were able to get it going a little bit, it was beneficial. But for most of the season, there was so much pressure, pressure on that passing game, so much pressure on that offensive line to hold up and keep Derek Carr clean. Just having a little bit of balance, even if it's even if it's just situational, or if even it's just in certain settings or whatnot, um, I think can boost this can, can create quite a boost for what this offense is going to be. We know it's going to be a prolific passing offense, or it has the potential to be one of the most prolific passing and overall offenses in the league. But going back to New England, even throughout, even during Tom Brady's greatest years, even when they were predicated on the pass and he was throwing for five thousand yards, when it became time to run the ball. They were able to do it, and, and to your point, Vinny, it was a lot of system, you know, sh- you know, scheme, situational type stuff where they were able to really exploit mismatches and impose their will um, across the across the offensive line and gain yards on the ground. So uh, it's just going to take time, like like everything. It's June; it's going to take time, and, and, and I do think there are going to be elements from New England that are going to translate. If that's one of them, um, even you don't have to have a top five rushing offense, you don't have to have a top ten. Just if it can be effective in certain spots, if it's 15 or 20% more effective than it was last year, and that's not asking for much because it wasn't super effective last year, could totally revitalize and, and change the dynamic of the, of the Raiders' offense. It has to happen. We have to see it happen. But I would be shocked if there's not a plan in place um, to try and make that happen as we get closer to the regular season. Absolutely. Uh, so a big week for the Raiders this week. Uh, mini camp starts uh, on Tuesday, runs through Thursday. We'll be all over it. Uh, you can you can hang your hat on that without question. Uh, Sam, I'll see you out there tomorrow. Um, can't wait. And then we'll uh, have a complete wrap up uh, next week uh, to talk about what happened. And who knows, maybe by that point, um, you know, the Raiders will have a few days to uh, to really take a look and take stock of their roster, and maybe there are some areas that they're going to bolster. Um, you know, between now now and then, 
then after getting a really good full offseason look uh, at what's currently uh, in this building. Uh, but until then, uh, we will uh, wish everybody well. Have a great week. Don't forget to download the app Vegas Nation or go to VegasNation.com uh, to read all of our coverage. We've got photos. We've got columns. We've got uh, great stories by Sam and uh, Adam Hill and Ed Graney, obviously, and Heidi uh, Fang and Kay, uh, Kay, uh, Cassie Soto, what they do. Um, my stories, all of that uh, is there for you at Vegas Nation, along with the podcast, obviously. Uh, and just a reminder, uh, Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casinos, STM Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. Uh, shout out also to our great producer, Larry Muir. Larry, uh, you know we pre appreciate you. Uh, until next week, have a great week and a great weekend. We'll talk to you then. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today.